welcome to the Women's Investor Community Podcast. I'm Diana Ritchie. This week, um, we have an audience member who has written in with a question, and she writes, Hi, I have a question about non-compete agreements. I recently got an offer from a new company, and I'd love to take it because I'm miserable in my current job. I sell insurance to individuals and small companies, which is great, and I love it. But my agency is part of a big company, and there's been a lot of office drama and politics, especially with the management. I'd love to take this new offer, but I signed a non-compete agreement that says I can't solicit my clients for one year if I leave the company. So I'm nervous that I'll get in trouble if I move to the competitor. I live in a pretty small town, which makes it even trickier. Okay, thanks so much for um, sharing this question. And I can imagine you're feeling all the feelings. I know that I did. I was actually, it's funny because I remember being early in my career, I was actually in a very similar situation. Um, my first job out of college, I worked for a financial advisor in Chicago with Smith Barney, which is now Morgan Stanley. But I, I worked for this financial advisor. We had a lot of individual clients. Um, I learned a lot. It was a great role. But out of the blue, I ended up getting an offer from a mutual fund company, Nubian Investments. And the offer was for better money. And I would learn about the mutual fund industry and have the opportunity to do some training. And I really wanted to take the offer, but I had signed a similar kind of agreement. Sounds like it's similar to what you may have signed with Smith Barney. And I can remember being so afraid to give my resignation to Smith Barney because I was afraid that they were going to come after me under this non-compete agreement, that they were going to come after me in court, that it was legal, that they were going to sue me. So I absolutely understand your feelings here. Congratulations on the new offer. Super exciting. And also I understand your anxiety, probably anxiety and fear around this agreement and what you've signed. So with that said, let's break this down into three different parts. The first part here is let's talk about what exactly a non-compete agreement is and, and what it isn't. There are three flavors of non-compete agreements. The second thing we'll talk about here is nuts and bolts, some practical tips and things that you can be thinking about as you prepare for this transition, assuming you, you do want to take this offer. And then third, we'll talk a little bit about the legal landscape and the legalities around these types of non-compete agreements. So part one, what exactly is a non-compete agreement? Non-compete agreements tend to come in three different flavors. First, you have the true non-compete, and that is generally a restriction on your right to work. 
that type of agreement, the true non-compete, will say something like, I agree to not work in the same industry that I'm currently in any time for the next, say, three years and within a 35-mile radius of where I currently work. So a true non-compete is a true restriction on your right to work. A non-solicit agreement or non-solicitation agreement says, if I leave my current employer, I agree to not take my clients with me. Or at the very least, I agree to not call up my clients and try to convince them to come with me. And there's a lot of nuance in the language of how a non-solicit can be written, but the underlying thrust of a non-solicitation agreement is in services industries like, you know, financial advice, or in your case, you know, insurance, where you have intensive client relationships, obviously your employer wants to make sure that if you leave, they get to keep your clients because they don't want to lose clients if you leave. So you can understand the logic of a non-solicit agreement. And then the third type of agreement is a non-disclosure or confidentiality agreement. A non-disclosure agreement or confidentiality agreement generally says something like, while I'm employed and even after I leave my company, I will share sensitive and private company information. For example, you know, I won't take a customer list or customer contact information with me when I leave because again, the, the logic of an, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement or a confidentiality agreement is your employer at least from their view, has sensitive and proprietary information and they want to keep that information inside the company. They don't want it shared out in the world and with competitors. So I tell you all this because it sounds like what you have is a non-solicitation agreement. You say your agreement says that you can't solicit your clients for one year if you leave the company. And that in many ways can be very positive because a non-compete agreement, something that is a blanket restriction on your right to work, is a lot more problematic than a non-solicit agreement, which can be navigated. So let's, that's kind of a perfect transition to part two. Let's jump into part two and talk a little bit about nuts and bolts. Some things to think about as you make this transition to your new job. The first place to start is, as painful as it is, and it sounds like you may have already done this, but pull out the legal document, your non-solicitation agreement, and just get a strong cup of coffee and read through it word by word. because. It will probably outline what you can and cannot do. And 
those will be really helpful guideposts. So, you know, if it says that you can't call your clients for a period of one year, then a very good way to stay out of trouble is to simply not call your clients for one year. Because even though you've signed this agreement, as long as you don't violate the terms of the agreement, there's nothing that your company, your current company, can do. They don't have any ground to sue you or to come after you. So step one, read your agreement. And to the extent you can, try to comply with the terms of the agreement. Now, what happens if you read the agreement and discover something that you just simply can't live with? For example, some non-solicit agreements say, I agree not to solicit my clients in any way, including online or by social media. And if you have a clause like that and you read it and you think, okay, how is that exactly going to work? If I, for example, you know, leave this job, move to a new job, update my LinkedIn profile or post something on Facebook or Instagram about, hey, I'm so excited to be starting my new job at XYZ New Company. Could my old company say that I'm soliciting or otherwise advertising for clients that I had at my old job? There will be invariably gray areas like this. And um, that's where, you know, frankly, this is kind of the gray area of the law, right? Because um, on the one hand, as long as you act reasonably, you should be on solid ground. On the other hand, if your non-solicit agreement says something that's maybe harder to comply with, like a social media provision, then you're kind of on shaky ground. And I wish I could give you solid advice because I, I can't, I haven't seen your agreement. Um, but I just want to flag that sometimes you may see these kinds of gray provisions in non-solicit agreements. And then the third thing I would do is get a second strong cup of coffee. And I would go ahead and read your employment contract as well. And as you read your current employment contract, I would think about whether you need to give two weeks notice to your current employer. Because from a very practical perspective, one thing that I have seen happen in professional services firms, certainly not all of them, but one thing that I have seen with, with my clients is they will submit their resignation. They'll try to give the customary two weeks notice. And as soon as they give their two weeks notice, their boss will start getting pretty nasty. Their boss will start monitoring emails. They'll shut down phone lines. They'll start looking at files. And in rare cases, it can get pretty ugly quickly. In this case, I would say, my advice would be, use your discretion a little bit here. You know your current office culture best. 
And if it's possible to leave on good terms, to give the customary two weeks notice, to work with your team to help transition the files, then great. That's certainly the outcome that we'd want. If you think, however, that things are going to get nasty as soon as you announce your resignation, then consider whether you might want to give a notice period that is shorter than two weeks. That's ultimately a judgment call for you, but just know that two weeks notice isn't always mandatory in your employment contract, which is why I recommend you read it. Sometimes two weeks notice is merely customary. Okay, so that's kind of the nuts and bolts practical considerations. Bottom line, read your agreement and to the extent you can, your easiest course of action is just to comply with it. You know, don't do anything egregious. If if your company doesn't want you to solicit your clients, then my advice would be don't solicit your clients. You know, don't call them. Don't tell them you're leaving for this competitor agency. Let them come to you. In other words, don't go and actively solicit them in order to avoid violating the terms of your non-solicit agreement. Okay, and then part three. Part three is a little bit on the general legal landscape that's going on here. So we think about the legalities um, and we obviously always hope that your transition to your new employer goes smoothly. And we hope that your current employer does not decide to sue you. If your current employer does decide to sue you, what is the state of the law? And the first observation here is that non-compete agreements are um, pretty strongly disfavored right now. There is, over the last two or three years, been a pretty strong movement in favor of employees and workers. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if we have the, the situation that you're describing exactly is, is what workers all over the place face, which is, hey, I, I'd love the freedom to move to a new job, to continue to work in my, my town and to continue to work in the same industry, but simply to do it for a new company. And non-compete agreements and even non-solicit agreements fundamentally interfere with your ability to work in your chosen profession. And there is a growing recognition that that might not be the right thing for workers. And so to give you some flavor, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has proposed new regulations that would outlaw non-compete agreements. And those regulations are still in proposed form, but they should be finalized, presumably, sometime next year. And a handful of states have banned non-compete agreements outright, California being one of them. And in other states, 
the courts, even if there's no law outright banning a non-compete agreement, the courts do tend to take a pretty worker-favorable stance as a very general rule. Obviously, there are exceptions. We have no idea, you know, if heaven forbid you were to get in some kind of lawsuit or legal dispute with your current employer, we have no idea how it would turn out. But there has been a trend in recent years to say that unless the employer really has trade secrets that they are trying to protect, an employer can't make you sign a true non-compete agreement that restricts your right to work. And I'll give you an example for a little bit of color. I'll, I'll give you an example from a recent Wyoming Supreme Court case. And in this Wyoming Supreme Court case, this gentleman, Jorge, worked for a distributor that distributed Pepsi products, right? They were kind of the regional distributor for Pepsi products. And Jorge had relationships with convenience stores and presumably grocery stores, retailers all over the Western Wyoming area. And Jorge got an offer from the Coke distributor and decided to switch companies and became a rep for Coke. And he went into a convenience store that he had previously rep Pepsi for and got Coke products on the shelf. And his old employer, the Pepsi distributor, lost their minds, sued him, said that he had violated his agreement, his, I presume it was a non-compete agreement. And the Wyoming Supreme Court said, no, there aren't really any trade secrets that this Pepsi distributor has. These are simply, you know, products. And yes, Jorge has customer relationships, but the driving force here is really about whether customers want to buy Pepsi or Coke. It's not so much about, you know, Jorge and his relationships and his relationships with convenience stores and distributor trade secrets. That's not really what's at issue here. And so they ruled in favor of Jorge and said that he had not violated his agreement. And I tell you that to say that um, employers increasingly are having to show that non-compete agreements um, really are protecting legitimate interests. And as a baseline, just you know, from the start, the rule also has always been that any non-compete agreement has to be reasonable in geographic scope and also in time duration. And I tell you all this, again, to give you a sense of the times and to give you a sense of the trends in the law and hopefully to help alleviate some of your fear. Because although none of this is directly relevant to your agreement, because you have a non-solicit as opposed to a non-compete, it sounds like, I tell you this again to say, although heaven forbid you were to get into some kind of legal dispute with your employer, um, 
if you were to get in a legal dispute, we don't have any real strong sense for how it would turn out because there are no guarantees when you're dealing with a court case. However, I also don't want you to be paralyzed by fear and to feel like you are totally bound to your current employer forever simply because you signed this non-solicit agreement. So very big picture, bottom line, my best advice would be um, read your non-solicit agreement, try to comply with it as best you can. And then, you know, from an energetic perspective, to the extent you can, do the right thing, try to leave on good terms, you know, and also use your discretion. If, if things at your current office are just so bad that no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to leave on good terms, then I would say play it clean and try to cut ties as cleanly as you can. Try to comply as best you can with the terms of your non-solicit agreement. Um, do the right thing. And, you know, this is where we cross our fingers and, and hope for the best. So congratulations on your new offer. Um, I wish you all the luck in the world. And certainly if you have any follow-up questions, um, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Women's Investor Community Podcast. Of course, if you have questions about money or your personal finances, please feel free to drop us a voice note from the homepage at dianaritchie.com.